Welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, coming to you from Vero Beach, Florida, and Marion, Massachusetts. Hosted by Ed Chenepy, this is the podcast that researches and investigates the club management and facility side of our business. We are live from the PGA and the Orange County Convention Center here in Orlando, Florida. Hello, and welcome to BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. I'm Ed Janif, your host, and each time we take to the air, it's indeed a pleasure to bring you the news and the views of the Private Members Club and Boutique Hotel Industries. The PGA Show, a show which used to specialize just in golf merchandise, those golf clubs, putters, bags... But now it's expanded to club management and the intricacies of golf and country clubs. Well, it just finished up here in late January. We love this show because it's also just simply a great big event, a conference that brings together educators, mentors, instructors, club managers, and others from the industry. And that's the best part, meeting others who are fighting the same battles and making our industry, well, making it that much better. After the second day, a day in which Jennifer Gelhouse joined the throngs on the floor, she and I sat down outside the 800,000 square foot exhibit hall and had a coffee. We recorded our conversation to pass along to all our listeners. Jennifer has a great podcast at Vita Tennis. If you're a tennis professional, you should be listening in on her podcast. Jen's a leading director of tennis and came to the conference with a, a new view to the business as she just assumed the role of director of tennis at the famed Oyster Harbor Club on Cape Cod. With that role, she has to outfit her tennis shop, and this, well, this is the biggest retail club clothing conference anywhere. I manage three retail stores, two year-round and one seasonal. All three are challenges, and meeting people, as I said, facing those same challenges is wonderfully enlightening. As president of Beyond the Baselines, I look to always better what we offer the members at our managed clubs, and more and more, members are looking for a great retail experience, logos, branding, uh, new products, new ideas, every type of hat, every type of three-quarter zip. It's all in, all in the making and all in the marketing, and it makes the members happy. And that's what we try to do each and every day with our partner clubs, keep their members happy. Jen and I discuss our thoughts after walking the hundreds of aisles of vendors. She has some great views on why she feels like, well, golf is just so far ahead of tennis. And for me, I love retail and talk about how there seems to be more clothiers than sporting goods companies. Thanks for listening as we enter our fifth year of this podcast. I always ask to hear from you, our listener. You can find me on email at beyondthebaselines at gmail.com or on Instagram at edshanifeeconsultant or on X, formerly Twitter, at <laughs> Beyond the Baselines. And don't forget to check out our website at beyondthebaselines.com. But now, here's Beyond the Baselines, live from the PGA Merchandise Show, live in Orlando. We'll see you there again next year. Hi, Jen. Hey, Ed. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. Having fun here at the PGA show in Orlando. You know, this is so fun to see how the other side of, you know, the sport does it. Golf is great. And yeah, it's so different from the tennis shows. So, uh, yeah. Like, what did you find so different? Because I've been to the USPTA shows. So you're going to PTR this year. Yeah, I'll be at the PTR um, Rackets Conference. I haven't been to the international one, but I've been to some of the conventions. And you expect the golf conferences to be a little bit better and, you know, just bigger and better in general. Why do you think that? 
Um, well, because golf is a different beast, right? Golf is a huge sport. Um, you know, they, they're beating us, I think, on every level. And I think it's really apparent when you come to these conferences and you see how far they are in with technology and, um, you know, all the different things. I mean, there's just so much to cover, right? And, yeah, they're just far ahead of us in everything. <laughs> yeah, I... You know, I haven't been to one in like four years to the PGA, mm-hmm. and the biggest difference I saw this year is that retail is bigger than like the club mm-hmm. selling the the clubs, like selling Titleist and the balls and the the retail, the clothing is huge. Yes, uh, for sure, and you can see that at clubs too, right? Like uh, pro shops for golf are always stacked. They. You know, even though you can find things online, they don't seem to really take a hit, at least that we know of, right? Because you go to any any club and you visit their pro shop and they're fully stacked. Now you go to a tennis club and sometimes they don't even have a pro shop. They might just sell grips and socks and that's it because the online retail uh, is such a beast, right? So it's so hard to compete with the prices you can find online. But for golf, maybe it's not the case. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And there's so much, you know, golf... You go to a club, everything is embroidered. So, you mm. you know, tennis doesn't always do that. We were just talking about buying for the summer, you and I, because we have to buy for the summer. And it's kind of interesting. We're saying, are we going to embroider everything? But mm-hmm. golf, they embroider everything because they've got the funds. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, but I must say, I would much rather wear tennis clothes than golf clothes. <laughs> I mean, at least on the women's side. I think the men's side, you know, it's very classy and and I like the fashion, you know, on the golf side. But for the women, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I, I kind of agree with you. There's just too many patterns on the yeah. golf side. Like, I, I, everything looks like Lily Pulitzer to me. Yeah, and the skirts are, like, really long. And, yeah, I don't know. It's just very different. <laughs> you know, one thing we talked about, which is really kind of funny, is you're going to a new club this summer. I'm at a club that is, is dress is all white. Mm-hmm. We don't have we, we don't have to worry about colors. We don't have to worry about returns because somebody didn't like that pink or fuchsia. It's all white, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. kind of nice. Yeah, which makes it easy um, in some regards, right? Like people are kind of forced to buy <laughs> white stuff as a convenience factor to have whites available at the pro shop. So it definitely helps sales. Um, but and, and, and it makes it easy to design wise because, like you said, there's only so much you can do with whites. Um, but you know, I I wish uh, we had a little bit of color allowed. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I get bored with just white. Yeah. Hey, you know something I noticed that's different between the two sports, and you brought it up. You said technology, but there's so many uh, simulating simulators here. Different mm-hmm. companies have different types of simulators. They have simulators for pitching. You, know, you can do the same simulator for pitching a baseball, for kicking a soccer ball. Yeah. For for your and I went on and hit a couple golf balls. Mm-hmm. And it goes all the way back to, like, our sport. Like, the tennis channel never breaks down a swing. It never breaks down, you know, Federer's forehand or Nadal's backhand. It doesn't talk about strings down. It doesn't talk about where yeah. the position or the angle of the racket. Mm-hmm. But then we're see- seeing here with the simulators all these pros looking at the angle of the take back, the yeah. angle of the club head. You know, when I hit the ball in that simulator, it, they told me I hit it off the toe. You could see it. And I hit it a little too far. You know, I kind of grounded the club a little too far behind the ball. Yeah. We have nothing like that in, in tennis. Which is crazy because golf, I would say, is just as technical. Maybe some people can argue that golf is more technical than tennis. I think they're equally technical, but I'm not a golfer. 
Um, but, you know, in tennis, is, it's technical, but you're also on the run. You have to read the ball that's coming to you. There's a lot more going on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't understand why we can't have, uh, you know, that kind of teaching tool, right, for our sport. And, like, with the simulator, right, you, when you do a serve, basically a serving motion is like a golf swing, basically, in the sense that you can just stand there and do it, right? You in front don't, of six you cameras. Don't, yeah, exactly. Cameras don't have to move. Exactly, and you don't have an incoming ball, right, right. like you do in tennis. So you could, you know, do that with a simulator, so I don't know why we don't have that in tennis. I don't know, that's not really my world. Uh, but I think it would be really cool to have that for tennis and use that as a teaching tool. Um, yeah, and just e not even the simulators, but just different teaching tools that they use for golf. Um, I don't understand, you know, in tennis, I think they're usually pretty basic. Yeah. And most people, actually, I don't think most pros ever use teaching tools, which in golf, I think, most of them do. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And you can see even on the, uh, like on the, they have fake putting greens here. Mm. They have like lines, the ball tracks, the, the you know, yeah. you can see the ball track on the ground. I mean, it's unbelievable. And we, mm -hmm. you know, we're tr struggling to get every court tournament to have uh, Hawkeye, you know, the, the right. automatic line calling. And how fun would it be to have the ability to do a serve with a simulator because Serves is like the one shot nobody wants to practice. It's boring. It's not interactive. Um, you know, if you have a clinic, like nobody wants to serve, right? Everybody right. wants to be playing games, right. moving around, having fun. And when you tell people, okay, we're going to serve, it's kind of like, oh. <laughs> I don't want to practice. Right. And it's such an important shot. I mean, it's one of the most difficult and most, most important shots in tennis. So There's a what serve. A, Go ahead. Yeah. What a great way to, to make it fun and interactive, uh, you know, for, for people learning the motion of the serve, I think would be awesome there's a serve in every point not necessarily exactly. a return but there's a serve exactly exactly so yeah i think uh just drawing a lot of inspiration from from you know how golf does it it's you know hopefully we can get there one day <laughs> yeah it's kind of special this place uh it's here at orange county convention center so um ed oh okay i have a question for you <laughs> so <laughs> um something i was thinking about ed that I thought was pretty interesting is that, you know, we're at a golf show, you would expect everything to be just golf. And I like to see some representation from, you know, especially our world, right, racket sports. So Racket X had a booth, but also different retailers, you know, they, they all have catalogs for tennis, for pickleball. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily something that you see in our world, right? It's more specific to tennis. and. I think it's smart of golf to branch out to, to the racket world yeah, and take I, over. I kind of agree. I think, as we said, there's more mm -hmm. money in the golf industry so that the golf industry doesn't see the tennis industry as that much of a chance to sell, mm -hmm. you know, to move in on the USPTA or PTR conferences. You know, maybe we'll have some of the golf shoes or some of the footwear that can cross over or some of the bags. I mean, you know, we saw uh, Amy and Lulu. We saw uh, Oliver Thomas bags or, you know, leisure bags are really popular. And maybe some of those prize winnings, um, you know, the prize companies where you get by the trophies, the glassware, the sterling, silver, mm -hmm. all that, they could cross over. Um, right. And, some, and, and you're right. The golf clothing companies are putting tennis in the back of their catalogs, mm -hmm. but we don't really have just tennis-only catalog clothing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. do we? I don't think maybe we do, but yeah. not many. Yeah, and something else that's interesting is that the you know 
I don't know how everything works with golf, obviously, but you know the PGA. It, you know you have your professional golf association, but you also have them being involved with the educational side for the for the coaches. Um, and so it's a it's an event that's for players, coaches, club managers. So you know it's it's really it's really cool that it's all under one umbrella, and we are missing a little bit of that in tennis. I think we're too scatterbrain in tennis. It's too many different associations uh, and too many different things going on. No, I agree. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know, I see a lot of um, executive search firms here. I see a lot of general managers here. I see a lot of uh, superintendents of golf courses here, which I can imagine. But we don't normally get that at tennis conferences. You don't see the club GM going to a tennis conference, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And we don't see the big search firms going to tennis conferences, really. Maybe they'll send a representative, but most of their reps are here. Right. So we need to get uh, our heads around outside, and that's why I think we sat with Racket X and, and yeah. Robin Duda a little bit, because she's trying to do that. That's part of her, um, I guess, her motive Yeah. is to get Racket X to be seven racket sports, so it makes the racket sport industry that much bigger. Stronger and bigger together, yeah. yeah. I like that, actually, because, um, yeah, I think it just makes us more powerful and you know I'm a tennis person through and through but if it helps tennis in any way then I'm down for that and I think I do think it will help the tennis industry. No pickleball for you? <laughs> well you gotta ask me about pickleball don't do me like that. <laughs> oh god. So um, what is your gonna be your biggest retail takeaway what did you really enjoy because we did a lot of shopping today because you have to outfit yeah. your new store I'm outfitting a new store what was your biggest takeaway from retail? I'll tell you mine after. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm having to, I'm, a, I'm at the point where I'm fully stocking a pro shop, which is kind of a first for me. I mean, I've ran pro shops in the past, but it was different. They were much smaller. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different. You know, it's going to be all white. So, uh, you know, I'm just learning so much uh, about you know, what the cost is, how you order, and you know, all the different things. Uh, you know, you have to open an account with each retailer. And yeah, so to me, I'm just like a sponge right now um, and trying to figure out which brands I want to carry. Uh, I know you carry a lot of different brands at your shop. I'm, I'm leaning more towards just maybe carrying two or three, <laughs> at least my first year. It's kind of hard to choose which brands to carry because you know I like what I like but whatever sells you know that's what I want right it's whatever sells the you gotta most. You got to figure out what your customers want. Exactly and the customers in the Northeast are going to be a different customer than South Florida you know completely different styles so yeah I mean it's just narrowing down what you want and yeah and just learning along the way so it's just a really exciting time for me personally but I'm, I love it because I'm a shopper. <laughs> so <laughs> it is fun. It's a lot of booths. Yes. So my biggest takeaway was, other than that, that the clothing line is so big. Right? Mm -hmm. There are some retailers. I won't say who they are, but they basically shut you out. Like mm -hmm. they just—they're not very friendly when you go into their booth. They're not fast to take your card. They're not fast to here. It's a scan, right? It's yeah. Kind of funny. They say, can I scan you? Well, no one scanned me in a few places. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I run four shops. Right. You know, I have a decent account here. Um, but I found that interesting. I'd never found that before. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I found interesting is that prices, I think, have stabilized. 
they're about the same as they were last year. They haven't gone up. I'm finding a tennis skirt for $68, mm -hmm. you know, on the average, and I'm finding the tops for like 70, 72. So the prices have stabilized. I thought they'd be higher this year. Yeah, well, that's good. That's yeah, a good thing good for, for us. You. <laughs> good for you for your first year. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, it's been really fun going around the shop and shopping with you. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I can do this all day. I love shopping, uh, tennis clothes, especially. You know, it's. <laughs> I've really enjoyed having a, a, a partner in shopping. So yeah. you have a woman's eye. Yeah. And as, as you so funnily said, Ed, I, I think this skirt's good. You wouldn't know. <laughs> so uh, I kind of. Something that's interesting to see, too, Ed, is how you know, technology kind of meets tradition and, you know, it, especially on the retail side, like we were talking about, you know, we went to some places and they don't even have a printed catalog, right? right. And it's, to me, it's like, I, I can only look at a catalog online so much. I, I need to see like a piece of paper and maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe someone younger than me doesn't have that need to like hold a piece of paper with a picture of it. Um, but to me, it makes such a difference. And a lot of the retailers didn't have one um, or didn't even have like a person there. Right. So, and, that, yeah. and, and I think it's funny because some of these retailers, the ones that didn't give you a catalog, are some of the biggest retailers that are probably making some of the biggest money. Mm -hmm. So it kind of was interesting to me. <laughs> Touchy feely is so much better because you see it. And then you go from that to a printed catalog, right? And then you go to a computer line sheet. It, by the time you get to the line sheet, you're, you're not really seeing the material or the merchandise. Exactly. And, you know, anybody that's going to stock a pro shop is going to go to these things because even even on paper, it's not the same as when you look at it in person and, you know, you get to see how see-through the material is, how long really the skirt goes or how wide or whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, this is a great experience to, to just come in and, like, really get a good feel for all the different vendors, like a big shopping spree. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks for joining with me at the PGA. It's yeah. been a lot of fun. It was really fun. I, I, <laughs> I, li I liked really uh, having you know there, you there to shop with. Mm -hmm. um, and the funniest thing is for folks that are listening, uh, Jen saw me in the uh, Uber and she goes, why are, you wearing, why are you so dressed up? But mm -hmm. everyone's dressed up here. Most people. <laughs> a lot of people. Well, I don't know. No? Okay. <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll, I'll ditch the blazer next year. Some people are. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have a nice jacket on, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks, Jack. Great to see you. Yeah, you too, Ed. Thanks. Thank you for listening to BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. It's a pleasure bringing you each week's news and views and great guests from our tennis, fitness, and country club industries. You can always reach the team here at BeyondTheBaselines at gmail.com or on the phone at 508-538-1288. Please do visit our website at www.BeyondTheBaselines.com which is updated regularly with even more information for you, your club, or your facility. See you again soon.